The Giants got destroyed by the 49ers B team in an absolutely pathetic effort, falling to 0-3 on the season. We break down just how ugly the game was for Big Blue, Daniel Jones' turnover problems, and where exactly do the Giants go from here? Jake vents the fans' frustration in a rant. I'll let out my feelings on this rough start, and how much worse can it get? Well, here it goes, folks. Buckle up. It's Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. You can subscribe to Blue Rush on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. If you're an Android user, Google Play, wherever you get podcasts. Give us a five-star rating and write a nice review. If you do use Apple Podcasts, we really do appreciate your support so far of the show. Glad you're enjoying it. Your host of Blue Rush podcast, our Giants beat writer, Paul Schwartz, and two-time Giants Super Bowl champion kicker, Lawrence Tynes, before I hand it off to the guys this week, I need to vent a little bit from the listeners and the fans' perspective and how the New York Giants fans are feeling right now. On Sunday at MetLife Stadium, the Giants went up against the 49ers. You can call them the B team. You can call them the C team. They went up against backup quarterback Nick Mullins. They went up against third and four string running backs. Jarek McKinnon, who sat with a torn ACL last year, and Jeff Wilson Jr. They went up against second and third string tight ends in Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly. I don't think 49ers fans knew Ross Dwelly. They went up against backup wide receivers Brandon Ayuk and Kendrick Bourne. They went up against the backup cornerbacks, the backup D linemen, the backup DN to great Nick Bosa. And listen to this. The Giants made Nick Mullins look like Joe Montana out there. 25 of 36, 343 yards and a touchdown, while Daniel Jones went 17 of 32 with 179 yards, an interception, and a fumble. And Giants fans are fed up with the losing, with the effort, with the lack of competitiveness. Joe Judge was out coach, the team was outplayed, and the team was embarrassed. They didn't hit the red zone. Scott Hansen was in red zone on the red zone channel, and the Giants didn't appear once on there if you turned it on to your television set. They were not seen on that TV channel. And the story of Daniel Jones has been Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. In 15 NFL starts, he has more turnovers than touchdowns. That's embarrassing. 26 touchdowns, 16 interceptions, 13 fumbles. He's 1-12 since his first two wins. He's 3-12 in starts as a New York Giants quarterback. He's been sacked 37 times. The Giants defense couldn't stop a nosebleed. They couldn't stop an extra point. Went on a botched extra point. They had a face mask penalty. I don't think I've ever seen that in the history of watching National Football League. The Giants looked like an XFL team going up against an NFL team. It was Austin PA versus Alabama, except Alabama was led by a quarterback who's made eight starts in his career and a bunch of backups. That was putrid. The Giants are 0-3, guys, and Giants fans can't stop complaining because the losing needs to stop. Take a lap, Joe Judge. Take a lap, defense. Take a lap, special teams. And Daniel Jones, take three laps because you're playing like you just made your first start. It was hard to watch. And guys, I know you might not be as mad, but I know Giants fans can't stop thinking about 
Turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. And something's got to change because it could get ugly when you go to Hollywood against the Rams. There won't be any star in the Walk of Fame with Daniel Jones on it because the way he's following Eli Manning so far has been putrid to watch. Lawrence, is that you? Um, yeah. Mark Pines, is that you? Who Were we just infiltrated by uh, someone on this Blue Rush podcast? Someone with um, kind of losing it a little bit? Uh, how many games do we into the season? Three? Wow. Yeah, that was that was intense. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I felt like that at about 3.30 my time. I don't feel like that now because I do bleed blue, but it was bad. After the first two weeks, I did not expect that kind of showing. You? Well, here's here's the problem. When you look at 36 to 9, right? A couple of weeks ago, if I told you that, Lawrence, uh, I think the Niners are going to come in here and really clean the Giants' clocks. I think you and I both probably would have said, look, the Niners are one, one of the best teams in football, defending NFC champions. Giants will be overmatched. But then when, when the 49ers came in with the team they came in with, now, I understand their rosters with more than 50 players. These are NFL players. But when you come in with a team, they had about 10 guys on – five on each side of the ball who were not playing in this game, including your quarterback, and you have to start Nick Mullins. I wouldn't call it a JV team for the 49ers, but it's pretty darn close. They were depleted in every area. You know, at one point, Lawrence, in this game, they were playing without their top three cornerbacks. And for the Giants to get embarrassed, it just goes to show you, you make a little progress in game one, you make a little progress in game two, and you have a bad team and a young team, you cannot assume that progress is going to continue. This was rock bottom. I'll agree. I, this What it told me is how far off we really are. You know, they gave me a little belief in week one, even in week two, I thought just a bad first half, they played better in the second half. But when you see the defending NFC champion playing with 10 backups or more, if you add in some others, and we get embarrassed 36 to 9. It tells you, fans, that this thing is not close. It's not as close as you may have thought it was. It's a couple of years away. It's not next year. No way. Well, you know, I mean, it's not next year. It's not next week. I don't know when it is, but yes, you're right. These were, you know, you look at some of these numbers. Time of possession, 39-44 to 20-16 for the 49ers. At some point, you looked up. You didn't know the Giants were allowed to play offense. 73 plays for the Niners. I mean, you could tell at points it was a warm day at MetLife Stadium. The defense was gassed. No yes. excuses. They were gassed, right? You could tell as the game went on. 231 total yards for the Giants. 8 of 12 on fourth down for the 49ers. After the game, it was Joe Judge took Lawrence 44 minutes to get onto his Zoom call. That is a long time, right? That's a long time. These wow. things are supposed to be, and this is not a road game. It's a whole game. 44 minutes. When he came out, he said, I'll obviously answer your questions, but I'm going to reserve a lot of analysis for the game until I have a chance to thoroughly review the tape and go over everything. So he kind of did the old, um, you know, see nothing, hear nothing kind of, I, I don't really want to analyze this game. I want to go to the tape. What does that tell you when a coach does that? Well, he, he knows the answers. He just didn't want to tell you. He saw him with his own eyes, just like me and you did. It's been too long, right? It's what is this year six of losing? They're five in a row. I don't know what the hell the number is, but he needs to look at himself in the mirror too. The, the, listen, their game plan I thought was terrible on offense. The RPO stuff was working. They had nothing off of it, right? They didn't let him pull 
or you know make a quick pass to a tight end or a short shallow route it was all about getting him in space and running and that was effective early he's got a lot of work to do and he just doesn't want to call anybody out but i bet he will tomorrow because when he watches that film i just to your point the defense was on the field so damn long they kept it competitive in the first half but when you're only on the uh, on offense for 19 plays in the first half to 43 i mean they don't have nothing left i mean those guys were short fields too turnovers and you know listen a team that likes to misdirection a lot and so they're running all over the damn place and they were tired so i don't put any of this on the defense i really don't i you know there was a bad really i mean you're you're giving them a pass for this i mean they 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 made they made some guys who who we don't know you know they're not even household names in the real household some of these guys they destroyed them on offense now kyle shanahan runs a great system a great system sometimes you watch their offense it's beautiful he helped nick mullins tremendously but nick mullins they didn't lay a glove on Nick Mullins. He was skating out there free and easy. I give some of this on the defense. I really do. Well, you know, if you look at the number, San Francisco stayed with the run. They, they ran it 30 They didn't have times. to do anything. They did. They knew it. They they were basically in a four-minute offense for 25 minutes in the second yeah. half. You know, they were just grinding it and grinding it. They knew they didn't have to score. You know, and, and, and we made a big deal last week. We said, look, no Saquon Barkley. What are the Giants going to do? What are the Giants going to do to try to figure out a running game here? You know what? They didn't figure anything out. They okay. had 17 yards from three running backs. Yep. Uh, Wayne Goldman started four, four carries, seven yards, nothing. Devonta Freeman comes in, showed a little bit of a, a, a little zip here and there. Five carries, 10 yards. Deion Lewis, one carry, no yards. So it was Daniel Jones, some RPO stuff, fine. But yeah. look. Daniel Jones has been bad, but if Giants can't run the ball, this is supposed to be kind of a smash mouth offensive line. It's supposed to be bigger and stronger and things like that. (laughs) If if they can't run, Daniel Jones is not going to throw you out of a paper bag here. He's just not going to do it. You know what I saw today, and I saw it a little bit last week, is there's a lot of times he's thrown off his back foot. I don't know if you saw that today. He's been pressured a lot over his career. I think there's a little gun shyness there. He's throwing a lot of things off his back foot and dumping them short. The pass he made to Ingram that got picked off was a terrible throw. But to your point, 10 carries by the backs for 17 yards. I mean, that's indefensible. I don't know how I think me and you could get 17 yards. Uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me with the additions on that offensive line. They're they're averaging. I mean, even Saquon was averaging something in the twos, right? I mean, this offensive line, this scheme needs to be completely revamped and they need to fix it because otherwise this is going to be this could be 0-16. I don't know. Well, I mean, that's I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. But you're right. I mean, this was a game that you will not have a opponent that is more depleted. Now, you will have opponents that don't have as good a talent, but you will not have a, a opponent that is more depleted than this. What did you think of the fourth and one? The Giants are down in the third quarter, 23-9, to nine, right? So it's a two-touchdown game. It's not good, but you're not out of touch. Fourth and one on the Giants' own 30. First, what do you think of the decision – Joe Judge, go for it instead of punting it away. I like the decision. Aggressive, right? I mean, I I think there's a sense there that, look, we don't get this first down. We're handing them the ball in great field position, but we have to do something here. So I, I, and Joe Judge said, I wanted to be aggressive. I told the guys to be aggressive. Okay, now what about the play call? Joe Judge spent a lot of time in New England where, you know, he wasn't calling the plays, but what is fourth and one in New England? Or third and one. Tom it is Brady. a Tom Brady sneak, and he got it, what, 80% of the time maybe? Well, Daniel maybe. Jones did not watch any film on that play, for God's sakes. He, he took did. the ball, and it was almost like he took a step back. Then he went forward. It was a terrible – I would like to see them put him in space. 
spread the field a little bit. You got him, you've got a running back, put him in space, give him a run pass option. It's a better play because that line was so stacked. I called it. I said, there's no way they're getting this. And it was a terrible effort by him. I don't know what he did. He didn't even charge off the ball. He kind of like spun and then he sat down and then he was short. So now there was also no push. I mean, there was zero push. He had a a big problem. Yeah. He kind of like sauntered into the line and he actually then took a spin to his left and tried to get it. But yeah, no, it, it was not close. Joe Judge said he thought of maybe throwing the challenge flag, but he was told upstairs. Yeah, don't, he was don't short. Do don't do it. The guy's short. After the game, Leonard Williams said, he was asked, what was this locker room like after this game? And he said, everyone was just listening to what the head guy had to say. Coach Judge talked to us for a while and everyone else was pretty silent and listening. Take me into that locker room. You've been in the situation where your team got thrashed a few times, either in yeah. Kansas City or in New York. What is it like in that locker room uh, with a young team, maybe not a lot of expectations, and you just get hammered? What's the what's the angriest, what's the worst locker room you've ever been in? And coach who just laid into to you guys i mean i'll be honest with you I, I like i said i only played on one seven and nine team in my career i didn't play on a lot of teams that lost How about a bad game games. just a really bad game yeah but not, nothing that was an extended really? ramp by the head coach but listen i we've had them and typically they happen on monday in the film room whether it's special teams or team meeting if i could take you inside the locker room you said he was a little bit late for that Oh, I can only yeah. imagine that he spent 30 minutes talking to that team with ownership and everyone else in the in the room so everyone could hear the message. But listen, everyone's got to look in the mirror. When you're 0-3, don't buy a house. You better be renting. Everyone should be renters on that team because they're going to need to make some changes. This bottom of this roster is going to keep turning over, I think, unless he thinks he's got the right guys, which they don't. They're 0-3 and they've, they're getting worse. So it's going to be a tough, tough turnaround. But listen, you just got to keep going to work. It's it, it's football. It's pro football. You get paid to practice. You get paid to win. Um, they're not doing the winning part, but they need to fix stuff. And so that's what these guys will do. And he he needs to find his guys. I think Joe Judge has some of the guys that were he inherited. He has some of the guys that he brought in this year that he likes and he thinks are long-term. But he doesn't have all of his guys. And this goes even you know up to Gettleman. And what is he, 9 and 26 as a general manager? So there's not enough talent on this team to win. No, there's not. But I think we thought that there was enough talent that they could compete in a game like this. And you know what? Maybe the 49ers are just on a different level. They certainly are on a different level. Let's go back to Daniel Jones for one second, because look, that pitched early in the game. Um, they tried some misdirection, right? You know, something about Evan Ingram. He seems to be star-crossed this year, doesn't he? He just, nothing, there's like an aura of badness around him. That yeah. is a bad pitch. Could he have secured the ball, Evan Ingram? Yeah. yeah, he could have, but the fumble goes to Daniel Jones. And what does that tell you about a guy so early in the game? Both Evan Ingram and Daniel Jones said, we practiced that all week. That play was set up to sucker the 49ers in, and instead it's a turnover. I mean, that is just brutal stuff, isn't it? It's horrible. That was a backbreaker. They were off to a pretty good start, and you saw the open field that Evan had in front of him. Like I said, they just can't get going, and I don't know if it's play calling, if it's personnel, is it? there's something amiss here offensively. They just look so out of sync. Nothing looks easy. They haven't made one play all season look easy. Everything, even the three-yard play, it looks like, God dang, that took so much effort. When, you know, I saw Shanahan bring in a fifth-string running back late in the game, and he probably said, man, this is a good kid. He, he works hard. He just got brought up from the practice squad. First play of the game, he hits a little three-yard slant. He he knows how to get guys the football and get them plays and get them easy yardage. We have not figured that out. 
And I don't know if this is the quote-unquote honeymoon, three games, we didn't have a preseason, new staff, but Jason Garrett's got his hands full right here. I mean, they're the defensively, listen, I'm, I'm going to still stick up for them. They were tired. Uh, they played a, They played winning football in the first half. They they were given short fields. I'm not going to put any of this on them. The offense, it, listen, they're not playing complementary football in all three phases. If the offense stays on the field, the defense gets to rest. The defense is on the field way too much. So what's happening is the defense is getting tired and they're getting exposed. Any defense is going to get exposed when they get tired. Yeah, and look, uh, the best offensive coaches they put a they put a script together to start a game and and you see if they can hit that script and, and stay on schedule. All those coaching terms and the last two games the Giants have been amateurish in the first half of these games on offense. It's terrible. Zero plays, zero snaps inside the red zone for the Giants offense. The 49ers got inside the Giants' red zone six times, okay? You want to hear this, Lawrence? Six times. Four touchdowns, two field goals. The 49ers did not punt in the game. Now, let me ask you, when do you think – how many years do you think it's been since the 49ers did not punt in a game? What would your educated Mm. special teams, kicker, punter, guru, you know it all. How how many years has it been since the 49ers went through a game and did not punt? You know, they've had some good offenses. I'm going to say maybe, was it Montana? 27 years. So after Montana, that's a long time to not punt. I mean, you imagine the punt. Does the punter even wash his uniform after that game? No, no. On the flip side, he did hold, though. So you got to give him some credit there. On the flip side, though, think about this. Riley Dixon punted one time. One time. And he got him. He got it was a great punt. He scored six points, nine points. I mean, that's just turning the ball over. It was a bad game. I'm looking now. Now, one thing, you're a special teams guy, and and Joe Judge came in and said he's a special teams coordinator in the past, and he said, look, if my best players have to play special teams, so be it, right? That's what we're going to do. We're not going to be afraid out there. Early in the game, Jabril Peppers gets hurt. Extra point block, right? That was the team. Extra point block. He didn't play the rest of the game with an ankle injury. Is this Joe Judge being over-aggressive with one of his best players who he can't afford to lose, or is this, you got to go out there? That's football. That's football. Your your field goal block team is typically made up of your your first team defense unless you have a guy in the middle like a big six eight six nine maybe a lineman or something you want to get some push on but those edge rushers the Corey websters of the world when i played the aaron rosses the guys that came off the edge those guys are rarely – they're your first-string defense. So the defenders stay out there. Most guys are on field goal block. That's just a that's just football. Hopefully he's not hurt too bad and he can come back soon. But, that you know, another thing on the special teams point, I thought Corey Ballantyne was terrible. He, there was twice, two or three times, and the rule is, and he'll know this, you'll see it. If you catch the ball going backwards, which he did twice, yep. you don't bring the ball out. And he put him, you know, at the 15, I think the 14, maybe the 12. So the game started off poorly for him. And then Lawrence, there was one time when he should have taken it out. And he, he didn't. Was, and he was like a half a yard in and he didn't. So he is all messed up. Look, and, and Corey yep. Ballantyne, he did not start this game. Okay, he was he was demoted yep. from the starting, you know, cornerback spot. And, yep. and you know, we're learning about these guys. Corey Ballantyne is a six-round pick from Washburn, which was not a school I really heard of. It was a division two school, and he had a, a very interesting, heartwarming story with you know a yep. shooting and his friend got killed and yep. he got shot. And he's a very quotable guy and a good guy. He went through a lot last year, but he has shown 
you know, in his year and three games that he really cannot handle a starting or or a reserve cornerback yeah. spot. And he showed nothing as a kick returner. So I think, you know, the Corey Ballantyne experiment or whatever you want to call it is, as you said, Joe Judge has to learn who he can trust and who he can't trust. I don't think Corey Ballantyne is going to be getting a lot of snaps moving yeah. forward here. That's part of it, right? It's still you know, a young player, though. He can he can be become a guy on special teams and stick with this program. Obviously, he's not going to be a starter on defense. Maybe, maybe he gets a chance later in the year. But from the NAIA level to pro football, there's a big jump for sure. Yeah. Now, now, what are you looking at with Joe Judge this week here? What are you looking at after this game? Because he said, uh, look, there's no miracle cures. There's no magic formula. There's no magic wand. He said, you don't go out there and just solve every problem in a day. I think what that tells me sort of is that Joe Judge had a very realistic opinion of what he inherited here. And I think that opinion has changed a little bit where he, in his quiet moment, of reflection, we'll go back and say, holy smokes, I knew this was not great, but it's worse. You know, now I see why there was so much losing. I, I really think that when he looks in the mirror tonight, he says, this is harder than I thought. We're further behind than I thought. Do, do you think that he's probably sensing some of those things? Yes. And, and, you know, I am too. As I sit here and kind of think about as a former player, and I love that franchise, like what in the hell is going on? It's as I, I rack my head and I'm thinking, well, Tuck's not walking through the door. Strahan's not coming through. Eli's not walking through. Tom Coughlin's not coming in. Here's what I came up with in my own. No one there knows how to freaking win a football game. Those kids there that are on that football team, all they know is losing. Everyone in the building. Yeah, Logan Ryan came from a good program, but very few of those players know how to win. If you look at that roster, it's made up of, I don't want to call them losers, but they haven't won. They don't know how to win consistently. And so... The college kids do, you know, the Dexter Lawrence's. I mean, you're not counting the college kids. I don't count that because the NFL is a completely different animal. And I get, listen, you want to recruit kids from winning programs, the Alabamas of the world, the Georgias. I get that. These young guys, who are they leaning on? Who, who are the, you know, and still, I still think this team has a leadership void. I really do. I don't see Logan Ryan kind of is the one guy that sticks up in my head when I think about this team because I feel like he's the one that will stand up in front of you and take the tough questions and answer them honestly. But where's Daniel Jones? Stop giving the company line all the time. Like, how about you play better? How about, you know, I, I just, I don't, I want to see a little bit of fire. I get, we all like that he's kind of cool and, and even. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is that, are you kind of playing it both ways there? Because Eli Manning, for pretty much 16 years and certainly earning his career, early in his career, did you know? I, I always would say that about Eli. Where's that fire? Where's that calling a running a, a running back or, or or a wide receiver out for running a wrong route or or you know getting him hit? Uh, where's that Eli Manning kind of grabbing a guy by the neck or coming out and saying, uh, you know, Eli certainly was accountable, but Eli was a yeah. certain personality and Daniel Jones a certain personality. So isn't it more about performance? Yeah. I'm just, kind of I'm just getting a little emotional. I'm just, uh, I'm yep. talking both yep. ways. Yeah, Eli, but Eli won football games. Daniel, I, it, this can't all be put on him either, too, because I know people are saying, oh, the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. Bullshit. That's, let's stop that. This kid's played 15 games. He, he checks off every box. He's been running for his life. I, the play calling today, I thought was, I didn't think it was very good. I didn't think after they got away from the RPOs, they they didn't run the ball very much. So then guess what? Everyone knows he's throwing the football. And that's a tough place to be as a quarterback. And so he just has not, I, I don't know. I just don't think the receivers outside of Slayton are, I mean, listen, I, my guy bored. One catch. I told, yep. you, I told yeah. you, though. Yep. Uh, listen, Golden Tate, they need to get rid of him. Waste of money. 
Get rid of him. Really. Get rid of him. Get I mean, rid of him. He's been on four teams. What does he bring to this football team? Well, I mean, he, he's. I don't know if they need to get rid of him now. I mean, I don't think he's I part would. of their future. Look, if you look at it this way, Sterling Shepard's out for two more games. He's signed. Uh, you know, he's has trouble staying on Golden the field. Kate is not a building block, though. No, he's not. He, he was a stopgap. Look, he was. Yeah. He came right after they traded Odell Beckham. They said we got to get someone who can play and has some savvy in this league. They got Golden Tate. So yes, I, I agree. He is a stopgap to help you win some games. Now they don't win any games now. Now are you? I'm a little concerned about, you know, we talked a lot about Daniel Jones, but he is the quarterback and he's not just a guy. He was the sixth pick in the draft. A little bit of the sad sackness, you know what I mean? A little bit of him, you know, he said today, he he was asked about the the bad uh, pitch to Evan Ingram. He said, just a poor pitch. I got to do a better job there. He was asked about the interception, which you said, you know, the interception was really a bad throw. It was, yeah. it was, it was late. It was behind Evan Ingram. Back he had foot. no business throwing it across his, the field like that. And he said, Poor decision in that situation. You can't afford to turn the ball over and force the ball to Evan there. Certainly a costly mistake. He said, none of us expected this. You know, so Daniel Jones is really, look, he's, he's kind of a, he's a quiet guy with us. He's not quiet with his teammates, but he had those first two games where he won. He replaced Eli. And it was like, holy cow, this is, the Giants got something here, right? He, I can still see him splitting that field and running into the end zone in Tampa. And it was like, it's the beginning of a new, a dawn of a new age, right? And he's lost, what, 11 of his last 12 starts, Daniel Jones. And you have to wonder if, I don't know if it's bad habits, but just the weight on his shoulders is just, you know, Eli had it for one part of his rookie year. He lost six games and then he won a game. And by his second year, bang, he started to win. So he didn't have that weight until later in the season. You wonder, worry about Daniel Jones' psyche here? I, I do worry about his psyche, but I don't worry about his talent. I think he really? he is a franchise quarterback. I, I He does everything well. Like I, I when I watch him, he passes the eyeball test. I, I haven't spent time with him, so I don't know much about him. Mean, he seems like a smart kid. But everyone's, like we said, that was his 15th start. Okay. We're not going to go reinvent the way we're not. What are we going to do? Draft a quarterback this year? No way. No way. He is your guy. You got to put better players around him. And you know, these little slot receivers, and I hate saying little, but like we need a big target on the outside. Slayton's a nice player. Evan Ingram. He's here some weeks, some weeks he's not. The running game's in shambles. The offensive line, I don't know what it is. I don't think they know who they are. So rating Daniel Jones is, you know, calling him a bust, and I don't think anyone's there yet. There's no way in hell he's going to be a bust. I I think Daniel Jones is going to be the team's quarterback for the next 12 years once they put the right people around him. I think your optimism now in that, I know you're not optimistic about a lot of things, but is I think, I don't know if that echoes the majority of the fans right now. I think the fans want to get behind Daniel Jones and look, put it this way. If the Giants are in a position at the end of this year, going into the next draft and the name Trevor Lawrence is out there and it's not a pipe dream, then that is a scenario where some Giants fans may say, bring it on. But if that happens, it will be just, incredibly difficult for the Giants to avoid to 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 not take Trevor Lawrence and it'll be incredibly difficult for the Giants to take him we have a lot of games between now and you know we have a lot of games and a lot of evaluation with Daniel Jones but Lawrence is it hard to believe I think it is that after three games we're talking I mentioned Trevor Lawrence You're you're mentioning I don't know if they can win a game this year it's yeah I mean this was sobering this was this was a slap you know losing game Slap one slap on the face, one cheek. This is two two slaps, right? This was two slaps. It's double because you lost to a bunch of backup players, and it just what it does is it really shows 
John Mara and it shows Joe Judge and it shows the players and it shows the fan base how far away this team is. You lost to guys that San Francisco does not deem good enough to start on their football team. That's the team that went to the Super Bowl. That's where everyone in the NFL wants to go. Okay. And you got beat by 27 points. Lawrence, I mean, I'll, that's all I'll I need to say. Yes, it's I'll leave you with this, okay? And next week they fly out to LA to play the Rams, right? You know what my people say, Lawrence? What? Oive. Well, yeah. Oive. Oive for the Giants so far this year. Oive. They have no shot unless someone, Michael Strahan and Tuck show up and OC and all the rest of the guys. They have no shot to win that football game. Guys, I'll wrap it up on this. The New York Giants are lucky that the New York Jets are worse than them because right now those are the two worst teams in the NFL. They've played like it. They've been blown out like it. And the two teams at MetLife Stadium stand right at the bottom of the NFL standings for the battle for the number one pick. We're already on the first pick of the 2021 NFL draft. God, how bad has it gotten? As I said, oy vey. Oy vey will be the headline of the show. That seals episode 39, the Madison Hedgecock edition of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Sarah McCory for producing the show. Give Blue Rush a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support and feedback. For Paul Schwartz, I'm Lawrence Steins. We'll be back on Thursday as we preview the Giants matchup in Los Angeles against the Rams. Talk to you all then and stay safe.